and I think not being able to talk to the kids was getting to me. And then he also like brought up the Bible and therapy and all these things that was gonna change. And then it, he convinced me that it would be different. So in January of 2018, I moved back and with him. Were things different? Oh, no. They were worse than they had ever been. It starts with just taking that leap. Man, you have to work hard. You have to be incredibly smart. Choose something that even if it fails, even if it fails you are going to be proud of it. doesn't matter how badly you got beaten down. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Become a better person, a better leader, a better business. Go with your gut. <laughs> I'm Samuel Donner, and this is Finding Founders. This is my favorite family building. <laughs> Hello, nice to meet you. This is Alexis and her three kids. I'm meeting with them at this building in San Francisco that's a school during the day and a shelter at night. One year ago today, Alexis and her family called the shelter home. It became a safe haven for them as the past held shadows of a 17-year marriage marred by domestic abuse. During her time at the shelter, Alexis was able to get a full-time job and eventually got a place for her family to have their own space. As we walk through what was once their neighborhood, we'll go deeper into how Alexis got her family to where they are today. Maybe we can do like a little, Michaela, you could give like a little tour of this area so far. I'm yeah. not really out here much. <laughs> well, you could do your best. Yeah, so what, what, is your, what is your like maybe like favorite part of this area? Um, it used to be the sunflowers. Sunflowers, really? Where? Where are the sunflowers? Well, they're gone now. They're gone now. Oh, did you, did we, did we like, they're uh, big and pretty. Big and pretty. That's the how sunflowers should be. There's also the possessed dolls. <laughs> possessed dolls? Yep. Over here. That's a little creepy. I never noticed it. That is really creepy. I guess like Halloween? Yeah. No. <laughs> They're always here? Yeah. Yep. So do you know how long this, uh, um, this place has been around for? I do not know how long it's uh. been around. Um, we have been gone a year and we stayed seven months. So we we were housed a year ago. Okay. November 10th, we moved in. So November 10th was our last day here last year. Mm. And um, But we stayed seven months and I know they were open before that. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, this is actually, uh, is this a middle school elementary combined? Middle school. Middle school. Okay. Um, in the day. And then only this section is for the shelter. Okay. How long were you not here for? Um, we're not, we don't reside here anymore. Oh, you don't reside here anymore? No, we okay. got housed a year ago. So we've okay. been gone and housed a year. Okay. So okay. I think we're one of their success stories. When were, when did you get housing? Uh, November 10th, 2022. November 10th, 2022. Wow. So this is, yeah, for, yeah, like this is a full, full year. That's Official super, year. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's start at the beginning. Like, um, where were you when you realized you needed like the shelters? Ooh. Yeah, services. So I was married for a long time to their father. Yeah. And then I, we were. How we long had, were you guys married? Uh, 17 years. 17 oh, wow. years. Yeah. How do you guys meet? He was best friends with my cousin. Best friends. Okay. Yeah. So it was like a little bit so of like a was, familial relation. Yeah, you know, yeah. He In high school, he was my cousin's best friend. So that's how we knew okay. each other. Did you guys know about each other before you met? Yeah, I thought. Yeah. 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 My cousins were younger. Yeah. He's my age, I didn't know. Yeah. But I thought, I was like, oh, they're her little nerdy friends. We didn't start dating until we were 20. Okay. 
So like, so well, when uh, did the when did the love interest start start happening? It actually <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. It was like a, a he started pursuing me. Yeah. I wasn't interested, and then I was like, well, let's try it because he was completely different from the guys I had dated pri prior to that. Why was he different? He came from like a good family, a church family, like, mm -hmm. and I unfortunately dated hoodlums <laughs> so and, i thought you know maybe right. that will be good for my spirit what was like the initial part of the relationship like um initially it was really fun but you have to go back to like oh three oh four yeah when did you have your your first kid together we had our first kid in january 2006 yeah so two years after being together yeah and what was that like pretty much when i got pregnant it, it no longer was good why not it almost instantly became abusive, physical, mental, a lot of bad, a lot of bad things. I tried to leave probably 10 times. 10 times. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's be honest. I actually went to jail in 2006, yeah. in December, 2006 for stabbing him because of the abuse. So, um, 14 months later, California passed a bunch of training and programs to teach. And I only know this because I've gotten my felony reduced. I'm in school for criminal justice. So yeah. I've learned all these things. At the time, they weren't trained in, in domestic violence and all of that stuff that deeply. So he was the more injured victim. He had a stab wound and I had like a broken jaw. <laughs> and so you get you get the punishment. Right. Well, he got, did he get just like scot-free? He got nothing. He nothing. Was, he was considered the full victim. And what year, when did that happen? December, 2006. And um, I signed a two-year prison deal and the judge essentially threw it out the window. He went against probation because all of the blood evidence wasn't his, even though he was a stab victim. It was mine. Wow. But I felt like I was, by the time we got to that point, I was 23 and terrified of being gone from all of my, yeah. from my kids for 10 years, because that's what they were offering. And so I they just- They were gonna say like you would have to do 10 years? Yeah, if I would have fought it, I would have had a minimum of 10 years. Oh my God. So I was terrified. And you had kids that you yeah. were like needed to take care of. And yeah. so I was like, okay, let's sign this deal. I'll go home quicker because you learn that in jail. They're like, well, you'll be home in this yeah. many months. And then I did. And like a dummy, I went back. <laughs> to, to the same guy that broke your jaw. Five months before that incident, he was kicked out of the military for breaking my fingers and beating me up. Why, why go back? It took many years of therapy to be able to say because I didn't love myself. Yeah. Originally, I stayed because my father's a devout Catholic and he, the only thing he ever said to me was, don't care what you do, but don't get a divorce. Mm. <laughs> and so I didn't. So let's fast forward, 2017, I really thought I was gone for good. Like I thought that one was successful. Thank you. Um, I went all the way to Santa Barbara County with my sister and I lived with her. I went and I worked in the fields. I cut broccoli, lettuce, and cauliflower. <laughs> um, I asked the boys, I didn't give Michaela a choice because she was only four. Yeah. But I asked the boys because I was trying to get them into football and the stuff they were doing Yeah. Um, where we lived prior and they, they weren't into it. So I had asked the boys, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to go home with daddy? Because we had just went to family court. And they and I told them like, I will be. How old were they? I don't know. Um, 2017, he would have been seven. He would have been 11. Yeah. And I asked do you, them. Do I, can, can, I, can I ask? Yeah. Um, can I take this really yeah. quick? So, do you remember that, that like, your mom asking you that? I do, I remember her asking, asking me if I 
who I wanted to stay with. Yeah. Not as in like uh, like trying to get me to stay with her, but just wanting to get my like my feelings on it. Yeah. And I ended up wanting to stay with my dad because of um, I was I was more worried about football. Yeah. And leaving friends friends behind from yeah it's a hard hard the decision city. to make yeah did you have like any like context on what was going on with like your mom and your dad yeah i i finished fifth grade year in lompoc um i think it was like the last three months of school yeah. we had left right after my trip from from sly park so i didn't know what happened and yeah. why we left but i i slowly um, figured out as the months went by yeah. So you eventually chose to live with your dad. You do you remember what going there was like for you? Um, I think I slept most of the ride. Yeah, I do remember us stopping on the side of the the freeway because we had to go pee. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was it was a six hour drive and um, really I, I'm pretty sure it was really quiet. Yeah. My mom had bought me and my brother these stuffed animals, um, which she customized them at Build-A-Bear. Yeah. <laughs> and she had um, voice messages um, made and recorded inside of them. Yeah. So they would play whenever we pressed the paw. Oh, that's really cute. That's a great, <laughs> that's a great gift. Yeah. Um, they're still around, yeah. just not with us. My yeah. dad, my dad has them because um, we moved out with him. But yeah, it was an awkward car ride, um, sure. pretty quiet long tiring yeah we can go that way that way <laughs> yeah but um uh that, that was years ago so i don't remember everything exactly i i don't remember the moment seeing my dad for the for the first time when we went back with him but um i kind of do remember the first night we had pizza and soda yeah me and my brother and then I think the next week we were already getting ready for football season because yeah. it was right around the corner, um, summer training. Yeah. Did you ever see your parents fight before? I have before, like in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, I like I seen a, like a split second of it. Yeah, but never really. Never, never the full yeah. thing. That's good. I've, I've woken up to them like arguing yeah. and Same stuff like that, but you know, just trying to tune that tune that out, just yeah. going back to sleep. Um, Which way, y'all? So We can go that back that way. Or can I give that back to your mom? Yeah. So how was it having, you know, like one of your kids go back with your husband? Um, so the reason why I recorded the videos, I mean, the voice recordings and the teddy bears, yeah was because I know I knew the games that he played, so I knew I wouldn't be able to talk to them no matter how much I called. I so, called. yeah, he would sneak and call me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I paid the cell phone number, the cell phone bill, yeah. and I still couldn't get through. He'd have me blocked on it, so it was hard. Wow. For months, I didn't get to talk to them. Any of them? Well, she was with me. Yeah, okay, I was with you. Either of them. Um, yeah. And then when they got back around me, they were really angry because... They thought I didn't love them anymore. Really? Yeah. Well, because like he was saying things that. You want to ask them? Yeah. What was what was he saying? She doesn't love you, and she hates you guys, 
she would he would tell us that like all the time so we would never like want to go back with her but then i knew that she would that she's our mom so i would always give her a second chance it was like whenever he brung her up it was just something bad always yeah so he would always tried to like he'd always try to make her just seem like a bad person when she wasn't yeah and if i was to believe that all i feel like i wouldn't be here with her at all yeah and i feel like i would just would have stayed with him if i believed it well it's good that you like could discern that and like i mean I, your, your your mother's love is strong so i, I think it you know kind of yeah. cut through all the bs yeah uh, i'll give it back to your mom but so you you couldn't really you couldn't really like communicate with them right um so what um when when did that change i think he came down to visit michaela for her birthday it was in it was it was like november december of that year of 2017 and i think not being able to talk to the kids was getting to me and then he also like brought up the bible and therapy and all these things that was going to change and then it, he convinced me that it would be different oh he convinced you again yep so in January of 2018, I moved back. January 2018. I moved back and with him. Were things different? Oh, no. They were worse than they had ever been. Um, he was with my friend, like full blown with her. The day the kids had come home with him, she was there. And the kids went home with him two weeks after we left when we first went to court. Oh my goodness. And they had been together my entire pregnancy with her. Oh. That I, and I didn't know, so. And you, you realized it then. Right, and when I came back, I actually had a tour of rotator cuff and the, on my left side and a separated muscle on my right side from when they gave me the cortisone shot. So I was injured. I had no job. I came back. It was, it was, I stayed an additional year and it was the worst year of my life worse than all the other years. And then September that year, my father was put on hospice and they sent him home with me. And so I was taking care of my dad. He couldn't, he couldn't um, shower, he couldn't walk, he couldn't- So you were having to take care of him fully? Fully take care of my dad. And um, in December, Nathan had a football game in LA. So we asked my uncle if he could please babysit my dad for the weekend while we went to LA for Nathan's football. And he did, and my dad fell. And we couldn't get my dad admitted into the hospital because he was on hospice, but somehow he did, and Stanford had this like last go-to treatment that they did, and he eventually got better. But wow. we were able to see him in January. And when I went to see him in January of 2019, he gave me a hug and he told me that he didn't know what was going on with us and that he hated that he couldn't do anything to protect me because it was still happening with my dad in the house. And so like he knew. And so now he knew. Um, thank you, honey. <laughs> and he told me to get a divorce and I left three days later. Wow. <laughs> so we were officially legally married for 17 years but it took three years, so we were only married 14 years by the time I left permanently. Do you think what changed is he just, ha like your dad saw how bad it actually was? I don't think my dad knew at all. Because mm. you, you wouldn't talk about it. Right. 
So, and then like also, my dad did raise me, so like I have a mouth. Mm. Like if you talk crap to me, I would, especially I you back, talk back. Right, and I, and I was never like one of those women who just cowered. Yeah, like, and like just like sit and take it. Right, so I, I, I never fall into like this bracket of like, I don't want to be a victim anyways, but I would never fall into the bracket of... Of a victim. Of getting help because yeah. of my personality. Yeah. So... But at that point, like, you weren't with him. You didn't have, like, a job. So, like... Well, but you knew so you needed... January 18th, I didn't... January 2018, I didn't have a job. My I was fully he healed by March, and I had a job. Okay. And so when I left him, my dad got admitted into the hospital, so he wasn't coming at, to Stanford down here. So he wasn't coming to stay with us. And I had asked the kids. I actually, I didn't even ask the kids this time. I told them that I was going to have to leave them with him because I had nowhere to take them. So I basically, I sat the kids down before I decided to leave. And I told them, you remember? And I told them that no matter what happens, that I love them and I will be back to fight for them, but I had to leave. And so I left them, but mind you, I didn't know everything that had transpired while I was gone in Lompoc with their dad. I knew he didn't let me speak to them, but I didn't know that he was physically abusive sometimes because while we were together, I don't think he whooped them, but twice in their whole life. So I thought they were safe with him. And so January, 2019, until November, Halloween, October 31st, I was able to still see them at their football games. Yeah. He would let me come to the house and he would think we would be, like he could convince me. But after months of to seeing- To get back together. Right. But I would only come, because he worked overnights, he drove charter buses. Yeah. And so I would come, he'd be like, I have to go to work. And then I'd wake up and he'd be there. And I'd get up and I'd leave. And when, when he did that like the third time, I was like, I'm not coming over anymore because this is what you're doing. And so by Halloween, it was their last game. I didn't get to see them anymore. So I went and I filed for visitation. And he went in there and he told them that I had abandoned them years prior. I hadn't seen them. And so I got like four hour every Sunday reunification, but it was better than nothing to me. Yeah. Because okay? you can see your kids, yeah. Yeah, and then um, two months later, he was telling the judge, like, they don't want anything to do with me. They don't know me. Two months later, we went to mediation, and the kids apparently told the mediator that they did want overnights with me. So then I got them every other weekend. No, They asked if we want to stay with our mom or stay with our dad. We all said our mom. And then the mediator or whatever, who we were talking to, she said that, are you sure? Are you sure you want to stay with your dad? Um, are you sure you want to stay with your mom? And she would like keep on asking until basically we're pressured to say. So they were, the mediator was pressuring. Yeah. They're like the opposite. Yeah. It's like say, nah, we just want like visit hours. And then I think that got it moved up to like eight hours. Right? No, overnight. Overnight. Yeah. It got it moved up to overnights with her instead of being able to stay with her instead now. So now that you had like overnights, where did it go from there? The first few visits, um, I literally had to call the police to come in and force the order. Because he wouldn't? He wouldn't let them out the house. Um, when they finally would come out of the house, 
it was like they just woke up or, you know, yeah. disheveled. They would have no overnight bag or anything because, mind you, when I left, I left with nothing. But it was okay. We figured it out. And then I guess, well, his, his brother was a Sacramento sheriff and his sister at the time was a Pittsburgh, California PD. Um, and so I, I suspect that they told them to just leave with them and that they can't enforce it because that's what would happen. Like so he, he would, was just gonna like leave with the kids to... He would literally put them into the car yeah. while I'm there waiting and drive off. Wow. So I didn't get to see them much in that year, then COVID happened. Yeah. And so I really, I definitely yeah. didn't get to see them often. I probably got to see them in a year and a half, in what, like a year, like 10 times. Yeah. Like total though. Um, and then I was like, I'm coming back home because this is where I'm from and this is where my family and my support system is. And I, I pretty much assumed that it would just be me driving up every other weekend and not being able to see them. And that's just what it was gonna be. And then one day I get up there, May 29th, 2021. And Saturdays was our tradition to go get donuts when we live together for our visits, whatever. So we maintain that tradition. And as we're driving to the donut shop, Nathan says, I told Jumani, Jumani was his dad's girlfriend's name. I told Jumani, that I want to live with you. And I'm like, oh, honey, why would you do that? Because I knew that that would get him in trouble. But I didn't. You told me. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. dad. Oh. I don't know, because I was driving. And it, my the rule in my car is the kids rotate. Yeah. Whoever sits in front last. It's just a rotation because I don't want the arguing. Yeah. Smart. And I knew you were in the back. Yeah. Mikey and no, yeah. you were in the front seat. She was in the back seat. Nathan was in the back seat. And Nathan said, or my, one of them said, dad offered us a PlayStation 5 and I was like, to stay with him. And I'm like, ah, smart move. I, I couldn't afford that. Oh my <laughs> but goodness. I thought it was like a joking manner. Yeah. So as we're put, mind you, the donut shop to their dad's house is like 10, 15 minutes tops. And um, Nathan says, mom, look. And I turned around and he had his sweater up and he had, it just looked like lash lashes across his whole back and I'm like who what happened and then they all just started crying and he said that daddy did it and so I asked them like what do you want me to do and I had to have a very honest conversation with them that they were going to have to be strong whatever they decided call CPS go to the police station like you're going to have to tell them what happened and you're going to have to tell them a bunch of times are you strong enough to do that and they said yes so we drove to the police station and we waited for the cop and then the cop asked me what happened and I told them this is what I know but I would prefer you to go interview them somewhere else because again I know his tactics yeah. and they gave us an emergency order I had to file an ex-party on June 2nd we were given um, I was given sole custody physical and legal when we went back to court in July he asked for a trial he denied ever doing any, mind you, when we got to the police station, I didn't even know about Mikey being abused too. I didn't know how bad it was. So, um, I mean, like I, it makes sense if that was happening to you, that that would be his response for a lot of And times. it's so messed up because I was naive enough to think that he wouldn't do that to them. Yeah. 
at that point, I hadn't learned to control my mouth either. So I got really upset with him when he texted me and said, are you effing kidding me? And I'm like, you beat our sons and you're asking me? And he was like, oh, the lies and the stories you make up just to get them. And I'm like, no, they didn't make this up. I didn't make this up. And he tried to gaslight me into believing yet again. Um, but it was, it was really bad. And we've continuously been back to court. My siblings united and got me the retainer for an attorney. Mm. Now, mind you, I'm li living down here, renting one room for my brother. And now all of a sudden I have three kids. Wow. And your family is like supporting your court fees, not uh, right. Not necessarily. You don't have like money necessarily for like right. living. And so I had the conversation with them. This now we're getting back to why I needed the, the housing. I had the conversation with them. We were in my brother's house for about about a year before I was like, this is just not going to work. Yeah. Um, because I had tried to find like two bedrooms that I could afford and they'd say, oh no, only two people or one, even like um, lofts with two bedrooms downstairs and then a loft. No, only two people. And I was, but I refused to go back to Sacramento and I refused. So I had the conversation with them and I let them know like, how would you feel if we went to a shelter? Because we can get help that way. And they all said it was okay. And so how did you find this shelter specifically? So I went to, there's like, um, San Francisco has like these family access centers that you have to go to in order to get services. And I went to a family access center and he recommended the shelter to me. So they, the next day we went to the shelter and the next day we did, an, it's called an intake. And it was based on the conversation that I had with him before he gave, because he was kind of not nice at first. He was like, you just, how long have you been here? Where are you from? Do you think you're just going to come go through this system and get into housing? Yeah. And I'm like, no. Who, like, who is this? I don't want to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> because he ended up being really nice. Yeah. yeah. But so initially, it was giving right, you a hard time. Really hard time. So I had told him a little bit of our story. And then the next day, we did the intake. And I would answer the questions incorrectly, where I wouldn't have been placed on a list, which is what you need. And he's like, but, you're, but you, you see a therapist every week. You told me this. And I'm like, I do. And he's like, so your answer should be yes. And I'm like, I thought you meant like a debilitating. Yeah. Like, you, you don't think like that, right? Yeah. Especially when you've like been a survivor and it's just something that happened and you just keep pushing forward. So, um... He essentially walked me through everything and I told him, no, I'm not currently under domestic violence. And he's like, you just showed me text messages of him cussing you out. That's still domestic violence. Yeah. It was just all these things that, it, that, that I guess I just wouldn't have assumed that it was still because at that point I had been free for two years. Yeah. And comparatively to what it was, right. it was so much better. And then I, the kids, they had to do an intake too. So then we got placed on a list and we stayed here for seven months. We got a, um, cause I did have a full-time job. And what was it, what was it like staying at the shelter? Like, like, how did you feel there? What, what was it like with the other people that were there too? I actually, as crazy as this sounds, I did not mind the shelter at all. Really? The staff was amazing. All the families that were there. Nancy like, was favorite. Yeah. Nancy was her favorite staff member. I mean, I love Nancy too, but. Yeah. Um, they all, how was your day? How's school going? It was 
Miss Jackie would come in and ask him and see if he needed anything. Um, it, staying at the shelter was great. It worked perfect for me because I was in a different situation than a lot of people. Like I had a pretty good job. So I was able to get a, um, a storage for all of our stuff. I set it up like a closet. And so every few days we would go and switch out our clothes into luggage. So cause yeah. you can't keep anything there overnight. Right. You have like a little locker that you can keep important papers and stuff. But not much beyond that. Right. Um, and clothes were not supposed to be kept in there. And so it seems like this was like something that was really you know, like allowing you to get back up on your feet. And, it did. I was able yeah. to save. And then everyone that would come in, they would kind of be a little upset. And I'm like, just be patient. It's it's not yeah. forever. Like, just so be like patient. You like became almost like a mentor for the other people right. coming in. Yeah. <laughs> And then when did when did you hear the news that you would you could leave? October twenty fifth. Yeah. Yeah, they actually called and said, you know, because it it's it used to be a dorm room, so it doesn't have like an official living room. Yeah. We have a three bedroom, and it has a kitchen with like a sitting area and and a, and yeah. a window. So it it's it's my living kitchen is what I call it. <laughs> and so the man was like, you know, it is pretty small. He's like but you can wait a little longer. So of course I go to the kids again yeah. and I ask them like, hey, do you want to stay on the list? We don't know how, how much longer. But at that point they were kind of tired of it. Yeah, they're like, we're ready for our own yeah, house. Like we, I need places for my stuffed animals. Really, right. <laughs> I was happy to finally, after so many years, have my own space. Because mm -hmm. I haven't like had yours. my own apartment since I was 19. Yeah. Like that's a long, I'm almost 40. So how did it feel to finally get your own place? Initially, it was really stressful, <laughs> huh? Because the, so the apartments that we moved into, they make you move all of your stuff downstairs into this room. And then a company comes in. It's all done in the same day, but it's like a couple hours. The company comes in and they go through all of your stuff and inspect it for bugs and yeah. bed bugs and all of this. And then they helped us move it upstairs. Can I talk? I wasn't there at all. On moving day, I wasn't there at all. I went to my grandpa's to hang yeah. out with them for the day. I got there around 7, yeah. 7 p.m. And pretty much almost everything was done besides <laughs> um, besides me and his bed. Which, Great which, timing. Yeah, which was almost done, but um, I ended up helping finish it. And then yeah. they went out to watch a movie and I stayed and went to sleep. And what was it like staying in that place? Wonderful. <laughs> just, just my own space for, for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And it's until he came home. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I got to share, but better yeah. to share with, with family. Right. Right. When we were here, at least, um, we would like buy food sometimes because initially the cook, the dinner was really good. And then it was like, they got yeah. a new cook and it was sometimes, it wasn't, sometimes it wasn't that great. Really but, um, but you know, it was the thought we always had like a full meal. Yeah. We always had full meal, full dessert, like fruit, water, drinks, like, yeah, they took really good care of us. I'm sorry. Brownies and pound cake. Oh, they were really good. Fruit and oh, of course it was. Chocolate, yeah, the chocolate chip cookies, and I love when there was pineapple. <laughs> pineapple is my favorite fruit. Pineapple is delicious. So like here, I loved it. I didn't have a problem because I understood it was like an overnight program. Yeah. And some people would complain about having to get up and pick your bed out, but it's an overnight program. Yeah. 
And I don't think that's what it's, I mean, that's right. And it's a stay over program. And I don't think that they understood that, but, but I loved it here. It was like, it was a weird emotional feeling to like, I'm leaving this because I was safe here. As crazy as that sounds, my ex knew where my brother lived that I was, yeah. Yeah, like when we seen Miss Miss Catalea, she was one of the workers. We, I was like, she was like, oh my goodness, because it's been a year. Because yeah. once you leave, you're not allowed to come back. It's like a privacy thing. Really? Yeah. You're not allowed to come back at all. Um, like and visit. Not. Could you volunteer? You can volunteer. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. how I get you. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have something to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. Here we go. The, um, they used to not let us stay over at the on the weekends, but then when they did start letting us stay over, it was my favorite because there would be um, different volunteers and they would get like different foods. Yeah. Yeah. They would bring arts and crafts. And they would give you cookies and fruit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when we first started staying here, um, you could it was Monday through Friday. Yeah. Um, well, weekends too, but weekend you can't, still couldn't come in before seven, and then Miss Jackie worked really hard to find volunteers to be able to keep it open and then work with the school because yeah and then they also like once it got dark and started raining they were able to bring us in a little earlier when the after right yeah because it was raining earlier today yeah yeah, Um, no no good they did a lot of things like they would make sure that we had laundry soap and stuff yeah feminine products and such and it's i think what's really cool is like this is not necessarily a place to stay forever it's a place to help you right exactly and i think it's a that's stepping a, stone it's a stepping stone and, and if like you you're an example it, of how to use it well right so. so what advice do you think you would give to like other families that are maybe starting their journey here i would just say just keep pushing forward make sure that you do the work though because it is a lot of work you have to do on your own yeah. like um you have to be working full-time in order to have a place they will put you into a program that helps you but you still need to be working full-time and just try to stay positive and just think of it like okay this is just a moment in my in my life and only up positive things can happen from here thank you so much for listening if you haven't already make sure to subscribe rate the podcast five stars and share with a friend if you have any questions or comments dm us at finding founders podcast on instagram linkedin or facebook Finding Founders is produced and hosted by me, Samuel Donner. Our audio editing team lead is Ashley Jimenez with support from Jessica Morales, Miley Lipton, Siyu Pan, Kenny Ray, Josie Yo, Matt Fernandez, and Merritt Hill. Our outreach and research team lead is Desiree Nunez with support from Marissa Granados, Monica Lee, Sarah Tiersma, and Yao Wu. To see more of what we're up to, subscribe to our newsletter at findingfounders.co. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.